0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Roberta. Roberta inspires on media, and I am here with board-certified internal medicine wonder <laughs> specialist, wonder doctor Sandra Dalton Smith. She is my guest today, and I am so glad that she has honored us with her presence. She is a speaker, a writer. And as I said, a a medical doctor. She's the real deal, and she's honored us with her presence today. And so we want to learn all that we can. Um, Dr. Dalton Smith, please enlighten my listeners uh, more about your professional and educational background.
0: Yes. I am an internal medicine physician. I trained at Meharry Medical College in Nashville. My bachelor's is in biochemistry from the University of Georgia, Currently, I mm-hmm. practice um, right outside of the Birmingham, Alabama area, and I just uh, really just enjoy it. Um, I do traditional internal medicine, so I'm anywhere from the office to the ICU. Oh,
1: wow. Good, good, good. And you are also a published author of multiple books and a speaker. Would you share a little bit more about your life in those roles? Well,
0: I see them really as just an extension of my medical profession, uh, so often when I had my patients in front of me there would be things that I'd want to tell them and I just didn't have time you know a regular doctor's appointment is what 15 20 minutes 30 if you're a new patient so I would have people in and I'm think you know I would go through their normal exam and at the end of it I know the other people are waiting but there was just more information that I wanted to give them and so that's where the the writing came in it, it was really just an extra way of getting information to my patients So that when they left, I didn't have that feeling like, oh, I wish I had a chance to explain this to them or talk to them about this. I actually had something I could then offer them to carry the conversation on.
1: That's wonderful. It's so thoughtful and so caring. And you've gone out and you've spoken at various conferences. Tell us a little bit about some of your um, activities as a speaker.
0: I speak um, both corporately as well as at faith-based arenas. Uh, I love speaking Mm -hmm. at churches because I get to include the scripture, and really that's what most all of my books uh, are about, is combining the spiritual and the science in a way that we can see how God Mm -hmm. needs for them to work together. But I also Mm -hmm. speak at corporations and uh, secular events because most of my topics are about recovering your life, learning how to rest well in the middle of being busy and active. So people who are high achievers that are in corporations, uh, that's a lot of the groups that are calling me in. I'm also a pro-life speaker and on the board of Save a Life. So I do a lot of Mm -hmm. benefit talks for um, pro-life centers who want to preserve life and and really try to help people understand that abortion is not the way.
1: Right, right, right. Scars are left no matter what people don't realize. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the things that you know, intrigues me. Of course, is that you're a wife and a mother. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about how you. It's the question you always probably get. How do you
0: balance all of this? That's the thing. I, I used to. I used to try to figure that out when people would ask that question. How do I balance it? But honestly, there is no balance. It's really okay. for me. It's more harmony. Because if I try to balance it, there's no way I can just 50% be working and 50% be home. But there has to be a harmony. It has to be incorporated in a way that it flows well and that there's God's peace intermixed within it. And so that's that's really where the sacred part of of this process came for me, even in the writing of the book. um, Mm -hmm. I burned out. I I wasn't balancing Mm. it or even harmonizing it.
1: I, I burned
0: completely out. And God had to show me a better way, a way that was honoring to, my, to him and honoring to me, uh, my mind, body, and spirit, and not treating right. myself like I could just run myself into the ground and expect things to stay good.
1: Right. Oh, so true. Well, that's the beginning of talking about your book, Sacred Rest. Can you give us an even broader Perspective of the book and some of the topics that you like to dis, that you've discussed in the book, sacred rest. I, I did get to start reading it. I haven't had much sacred rest, so I haven't
0: had a chance to finish it yet. But I'll get there. Yes, the book. The book is a combination of the research that I did on rest, the research that I needed for myself to help get my life back on track, as well as the spiritual aspects of rest that sometimes we have to start with before we can even appreciate the scientific part. I talk about seven types of rest. Most people, when they talk about rest, they just lump it into this huge category. You know, I'm going to go rest on the weekend. And then they don't understand why after they've attempted to rest that they still feel tired or that they go to sleep at night and they wake up still tired. And what what I'm understanding more and more as I talk to more people is that we have we really dumbed rest down to the point that it's not effective anymore? So what right, I hope people right. do is get more specific, more intentional about the type of rest they need. So the seven types of rest are physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, sensory, creative. I, I think I'm missing one of those. Did I go over all of them? Physical, mental, emotional, oh. spiritual, sensory, spiritual? creative. I'm sorry.
1: And that- I was I was trying to think if there was another one that might be missing. It's kind of. So I think I I, would think. Do
0: the, I I normally try to count this out on my finger because by the time you get to seven, you're like, well, did I say them all or not? Overall, so, <laughs> 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 But yeah. I, so I, what, when I started. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're fine. When I when I started looking at them, most people were familiar with the physical, mental, and spiritual. But the emotional, social, sensory, and creative—those four—most people had no clue so they didn't realize that they needed sensory rest so they didn't take into account okay i'm working in an office where i'm constantly in bright lights i'm constantly hearing sounds okay you know i don't feel like my job is stressful but they were being stressed by their environment the senses were being stressed
1: so your body
0: responds to whatever is being depleted and and it doesn't tell you oh red flag it's you know creative rest that you're missing It just lets you know something's off. I feel bad. I feel tired. Huh?
1: That is, you know, that's so interesting, and I really get it um, because actually for myself and my profession, I worked in the IT field for years, kind of IT and business, but a lot with the technology. And I'm a very creative person. I enjoyed the creative aspects of it, but if you sat me at a computer just to monitor whether it was up or down, I'm just, you know, it's going to be burnout time and boredom. Boredom's going to sit in. And I have found that over the latter years of my life when I've had an opportunity as an entrepreneur to be more creative, I'm so energized. You know, I'm making jewelry, I'm doing art, I'm doing all kinds of things. And people don't understand how I keep pace, but it's because I'm being energized through the creativity. And Mm -hmm. so that's...
0: and that's the right. thing, whatever area you're pouring out of, you mentioned about the creativity. So whatever area you're pouring out of, like when you're creating the jewelry, that's actually creative work because you're putting the work in to create something. The creative rest part is when you're, when you're taking that time to receive something from, the creative, uh, from other beauty, from other creative beauty. Mm. It's almost as if, and, it's, and people who are creative require that. So if you're Ah. someone who's creating jewelry, um, something that could benefit you if you start feeling like you're getting depleted in that area would be Mm -hmm. spending some time outside in nature. If you're into music or art, spending some time appreciating what's already been created. You know, one thing that Mm -hmm. God did that I think is a great example for us is after everything he created, he looked back and he said it was good. He he did that reflective part of it. So often we are creating things but we don't look back and take time to do the reflection and to declare things good, to appreciate the beauty of what's already been created. That's so interesting because
1: I, sort of, I ended up sort of jewelry stalking people. If <laughs> I see good. a piece
0: or somebody <laughs> that,
1: yeah, that's really creative, I am like, oh, can I see that? I said, I don't mean to stalk you, but can I take a picture? And I'm just kind of studying it and looking at it. I did find that when I actually was doing some – Retail work with my jewelry, it was starting to get draining because I had to, my mind, I was trying to force myself to think of something new. And that does not work, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know,
0: it comes from a Exactly. That is exactly right. And that that is a key way to know when you have what we call a rest deficit. So in that sense, people who are writers, you say they have writer's blocks or who are creative and they can't think of any new or innovative ideas, Mm. what that is a sign of is a a rest deficit in that area. So you're having a creative rest deficit. And so the only way to fix that, you can't push out what you don't have inside. Mm -mm. So the only way to fix that is to let yourself enjoy some creative rest where you purposely pour in creativity back into your life by simply appreciating it. That is so
1: great because I've been having writer's block. <laughs> and, you know, and and many times as an entrepreneur you do when something's not right, you try to push harder, harder, harder. That's the way, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I came up the type A corporate, you know, um, corporate woman, and you just push, push, push. You stay up all night long if you've got to to get this project done. And you might get it done, but by the time it's done, you resent it. You're move. <laughs> ir- <laughs> You know you just want to throw the whole project, everything do with it someplace, and just have nothing else to do with it, but you have to you know then try to slap water on your face and still go in for the presentation and try to make happy and nice, you know <laughs> this is very good they, to learn
0: and that's why so many people burn out because they they feel like they just have to keep grinding and they don't mm-hmm. appreciate that, really. When you rest, you actually become more productive, more creative, more innovative, happier. You you become more powerful in whatever you do because your passion comes back. And we have a lot of people who have careers that they have, and, and entrepreneurs who have built up businesses, and they stand in the middle of what they've created. And when they look back, they're not happy with what they see. They're not happy with the life that they've built. And that's because they have failed to allow the rest needed. So that they can build something that they that they really love.
1: That is just wonderful. We're gonna talk more about this.
0: <laughs> I have
1: to get you back. But how do you distinguish? How do we actually distinguish between sleep and rest? See, I, I like I said I came out of the '80s. You know when what's your name? Dynasty. Uh, Alexis Carrington, Colby, Dexter was the role model. You know and. <laughs> You could multitask and fry bacon and do this and do the other and still never, for let, him, never let him forget he's a man because you're a woman, and you know, and you're a wreck by the time you hit 40, you know. But how? Because, how? you know, sleep wasn't on the top of my list. We had to show how much we could do without collapsing
0: first. How do you distinguish between sleep and rest? Well, oh, that's the thing. Sleep is just one component of rest. When we talked about the seven types of rest, so we got seven types. Sleep falls under the physical, but even under the physical, physical rest is further divided into active physical rest and passive physical rest. So sleeping and napping are passive types of physical rest. Then you have active physical rest, which is like uh, leisure walking or doing stretching exercises, massage those kind of things where you're focusing on restoring circulation so so often when people are tired they say well I just I think I just need to sleep more well if your problem Mm -hmm. is in let's say emotional rest sleeping is Mm -hmm. not going to fix that Uh
1: -uh, you you may not have a physical
0: rest (laughs) deficit so Mm -hmm. you know we need high quality sleep and so what most people don't realize is that when you rest well, when you start training your body how to rest in these seven different areas, you will get better sleep because your sleep you'll be able to go through the sleep cycle uh, easier. You know, it's hard to tell a stressed out mind to quiet down to go into deep restorative stage three non REM sleep. So we tell have it to, sister, be able to tell it. <laughs> we have to be able to, to look at all of the seven types of rest and see where we have a deficit. And that's when we start restoring. And that's, and that's one big thing I try to make sure people understand. When, when you're thinking about rest, stop thinking about it in this abstract term. Think about mm-hmm. it as restoring something. Rest equals restoration. So when you say, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go rest, you not, you, for me, if, I, if my patients say, I'm going to go rest this weekend, I have them tell me, what are you restoring? Do not tell me you're resting mm-hmm. if you cannot identify what's being restored. Wow, is your mind being restored? Is your spirit being restored? Are your emotions being restored? What's being restored? Because until you tell me that, you're wasting your time. Oh. I'm about to start shouting right here. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna
1: do a shout dance right here about to break out. This is so wonderful. I can remember an instant where I said, "Okay, the way to get me to sleep." Was to brain dump, okay? And I believe it's brain dump. Yes. But this started mm-hmm. at like 11, and this didn't end till 3 o'clock in the morning. So, you know, just like the more I thought of, the more I thought of to empty and empty and empty and empty. So after a while, I had defeated, you know, the whole purpose because I was exhausted when basically, from what you're describing, I really needed to say, have stopped and said, you know, what are the types of rest that I need. You know, what are the deficit areas? Because I, exactly. I was just processing everything under the sun, left, right, pages and pages, and, page, and I really didn't come out any better and I didn't get the sleep I needed, you know, it threw everything off. So that, that definitely is like, you okay. That.
0: Um, that's a big problem for a lot of people, the, the mental rest deficit part of it. And brain dumping or mind dumping, um, I, I highly recommend that for most people. What I find, mm-hmm. though, for some people is that they start, um, instead of just dumping, they start processing. And mm-hmm. so That was probably processing, me. Yeah, if you start processing what you're dumping, then your mind is almost like a, a web. So every time you try to process, it, like, sends a lasso out and loops another thought up into it. Mm-hmm. And so then you try to process that, and it loops another thought. So then mm-hmm. you have all these, all these chains that can't let go. So for most people, what I have them do is when they mind dump, do make you know make a conscious effort not to process it. Just dump it and run, dump it and run, <clears throat> and then come back at a later time, and you know, during the day when you want to process all of that and read over or listen to, if you recorded it, what you dumped out. That is really good because, I mean, I, I like brain
1: dump. I like the concept of it. And under, I think, normal circumstances, I may just get some stuff out because I'm an idea person being a creative, and it just mm-hmm. comes and comes and flows. But not knowing how to, like you say, sort of say, wait a minute, here's the highest level concept here, and the rest of this can wait. My mind just kept going to the details and the this and the that and the other, and I ended up with pages yeah. of stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: That's when the, that's when the brain dumping turns over into a mastermind. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's a to, book. You want to if it's in the middle of the night. One way to try to, to this is something I do with my coaching clients because a lot of them have that problem, particularly highly creative people. One way mm-hmm. to stop that is is to have what I call a, um, a barrier word, so that when you see okay. that your mind's trying to throw that so-called lasso, trying to throw that. Um, tangle out to kind of tangle the mind up so you can't get back to rest is to have something that you say to yourself um, that quiets the brain. And usually one word, it could be like um, peace now or, or or break now or stop now. Um, or it could be something calm like down. Still. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's calm down. Calm down. That's meaningful, that's meaningful <laughs> yeah. to you that allows right. you to know stop it. <laughs>
1: Right, right, right.
0: That's the best word right there.
1: (laughs) Uh Thought stopping. That's that's very good. Just kind of rein it in. This is definitely going to be a discussion we're going to, you know, continue on. You know, we're going to finish tonight's, but I want to, uh, today's, but I know I want you back. I know already because it's so in-depth, and we are just barely scratching the surface right now. Tell me, from your perspective, how – you really define or consider how gratitude, something as simple as gratitude, like today's episode, how that actually factors into getting into that place of rest.
0: I think gratitude is big. um, Part of the thing that I talk about in the book when I break it apart, the first half I said it was scientific. The second half I go over what I call the gifts of rest. And gratitude kind of loops up into those gifts because when when we think about gratitude, we're thinking about reflection, and that's one of the major gifts because rest allows us to stop, to look back, and to and to see how far we've come. So often, you know, when you are a Type A personality, you are always looking ahead. You are always mm-hmm. trying to get to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and so you're you're being driven without. Yeah, you just pushing, pushing, pushing.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. you're pushing
0: and pushing without taking the opportunity to be skilled by what's already been, have already occurred. So you're missing okay. out on all the goodness that's already happened, all the, the blessings, all the times God showed up. You're missing out on all of that because your attention is solely looking forward. You know, we, we sometimes get mm-hmm. afraid to look back because sometimes the things that we have gratitude for are things that may have been hard when we were standing in them. But you can have mm-hmm. gratitude for having come out. And so all of those mm. things give us the energy to keep moving forward, and it gives us perspective on ways of doing it better. So rest allows that time because otherwise we're not, we don't stop. We don't cease activity. We just keep pushing, and we never right. stay still long enough to look back and to, to appreciate I, where we've come from.
1: I was taking a class. I've been taking a class at the church I attend in the area, and it's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, not to throw another book in here. But that the guy's whole mm-hmm. premise is that if you don't really sort of clean house and deal with the emotional stuff, you really cannot grow and develop spiritually because that emotional immaturity just keeps kicking in there. And one of the things he asks you to do in your devotion is sit still, believe this or not, for two minutes. No praying, no nothing, just still in the presence of God so he can just speak. And it's not that he's uttering words at you at the time, but you're still in your spirit. Boy, what a challenge. He has you do it at the beginning of the devotional and at the end. And to try to keep that brain just sitting there idle is is challenging, is definitely challenging. So It's a process.
0: Know. So I think that's a great activity. Um, Because it does take practice, and I I would add to that to make sure that it's um, a quiet place, because the sensory Mm. rest aspect of it, a lot of people get used to just background noise all the time. Background can't have any of it. You can't have
1: anything going. Nothing's to go. (laughs) You can't have music, nothing. You're just quiet. And it's almost eerie, you know what I mean? Because we're not used to Stillness, this weren't the preacher preaching in the background or and I'm having quiet time with God and the the worship music's going and I'm having quiet time right. and he means stop right it's stop. quiet
0: time that's not quiet
1: <laughs> right exactly exactly so that's that's been interesting tell me this too you talk about finding ways to have rest during the course of your day and again coming back to the theme of gratitude and thankfulness as we're in November how can you We exercise those particular emotions or what have you to help generate rest during the course of the workday.
0: One of the ways to do that for me has been when I think about um, one of the types of rest that I sometimes will get very low on will be um, social or emotional type rest because Mm -hmm. I'm seeing people all the time, but the people I'm seeing are people who need something from me. You know, right. my patients or, or coaching clients right. or something like that. So they're not filling me. I'm having to fill them. So I'm constantly going mm-hmm. out in those areas. So mm-hmm. for me, it's helpful to, to use the, the gifts of gratitude to be able to think about those people who are life giving to me. You know, we're going into mm-hmm. the holidays and Thanksgiving. Right. And so there are certain people in your life who, are, who drain you. And certain people mm-hmm. in your life who feel you. And so mm-hmm. whenever I leave work, I oftentimes like to make a point of connecting with my life givers, the ones that are not mm. in my house necessarily, not my husband or my kids, but let's right. say some of my, some of my girlfriends who, who really pour into me in a way that helps me stay filled. Or, they all, or they're part of my emotional and social rest in that I can be truly authentic with them. I can tell them when I'm not okay. You know, when they ask me how I'm doing, they don't want I'm fine. They want a real answer. <laughs> they want some words right. behind it and some emotions attached to right. it because right. they care enough to listen to the whole story. And so it's it's always, um, I think, restful to be able to appreciate who those people are and to honor them mm-hmm. in your life. You know, mm-hmm, sometimes mm-hmm. We, we get so used to um, kind of drawing from their strength that we forget that we all like to be appreciated. We all like to be honored and to have that recognition that you are one of my life givers. So, you know, I, I challenge anybody during the holiday season to, to not just wait till the actual day, Christmas day or something like that to give a right. gift, but just to be mindful of those people and to consistently throughout their, throughout their life, make a point of, of honoring them, and that could be something as simple as a text message in the middle of their workday to say, mm-hmm. "You mean you mean a lot to me. You know, you you are someone who who I feel like has blessed my life immensely." Can you imagine if you're in the middle of a workday and getting a text like that? You know, the mm-hmm. thing is, oftentimes I find when those texts come through, they're at the exact moment that I need them.
1: Well, I'm telling way you, of working
0: it out like that,
1: he he is preaching. He is preaching through you to me, so many things just quickly coming in to perspective because, as I told you, I was getting off the train, and before I could even get off the train, after having had, you know, the craziness of my day, someone was sharing with me something that had occurred that just upset them, and I'm like, I heard it, and yet it was like you didn't even get a chance to hear what was going on with me, you know, before you kind of... Like, sort of dumped that over on me, and then you come back and go, Well, how did the rest of the day go? <laughs> you know? And it's like you've already, you know, kind of dumped and when you're a person that is very giving and kind and loving, mm-hmm. you have got to this is my perspective, you may see this little bit, but you have got to be able to set boundaries and keep up some sort of guards around your heart because you have a soft spot. You're soft and squishy, you know, mm-hmm. pillowy. And people mm-hmm. want to naturally just lean into you. You know, it just comes out of you, oh, whether you try to bring yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they lean into you. And it's very easy to find yourself a couple things happening. Because I think the church, I, le- I had to learn over the years, the church purports you being that pillow. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if you don't change out the pillow after a while, it will get flat. You have to, you can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh All that little fuzz or feathers or whatever will start to go right out. And so I know I had to learn over years the difference between being, if you will, uh, ministering and codependency. Because, you know, church environments sometimes teach codependency. And so you have all these, you feel good that all these people are dependent on you. And they feel good that they're dependent on you and you're not getting anything else, you know, and not growing and developing. Everybody's interdependent on Christ, and it's just a flow, mm-hmm. a flow, a flow. And so anyway, but that's you know, my little bent. And so that this really brings a lot to mind um, about just knowing when is when, because emotionally especially, I think it's very easy to just – Run out, you know the the what is it like, Lady uh, Elijah and the the barrels, you know, and you gotta keep gotta mm-hmm. be able to keep them going. Otherwise, you just you run out, you run out of oil, and when you run out of oil, you don't have anything to give anybody else.
0: Nobody else, yeah. And I think so often in ministry, there's a bit of um, feeling as if you have that that you're always filled. Nobody's always filled. We have to always Uh -uh. be being filled. We are being filled continually. And so when you look at it that way, that's when you really see the benefit of rest because it's it's how you continue to do your best work. You know, uh, in leadership, most leaders have a problem with that, being very open and Mm -hmm. honest about their need for self-care. And they Mm -hmm. start thinking about, well, my self-care is selfish you know, self-care is really more about being self-aware, being aware of what's mm-hmm, required mm-hmm. of you to, to do your God-given call. And so I think we find a lot of leaders that are unnecessarily suffering just because they won't accept the, the challenge to be self-aware. Yeah,
1: and, and that other little piece, like I said, because some of the environments I know what I was exposed to at one point, and they, I don't know that they recognized that some of what they were doing was teaching leaders codependency. You needed to be, you know, being needed made you more special. Being needed and the one with all the answers made you Mm -hmm. this highly anointed, and the truth is you didn't always have all the answers, and you had problems of your own, and if you would have walked in, like I said, interdependency where we're all dependent on Christ, and I'm not bigger than you, and you're not bigger than me, and and the flow is continuing, and Mm -hmm. it's reciprocal, we can get somewhere, but otherwise people start masking their pains and masking their needs, I've found, you know, with leaders, because they don't want you to know that they actually need something because they've been taught that they're, like you said, they're not supposed to. Right. And, um, <laughs> and we keep feeling the fire and feeding the ego, and then we have people, God forbid, unfortunately, like dying in hotels of drug overdoses. And things like, and leaders, and then we're all going, oh, my gosh, how could he or she have done that? But we, you know, we helped set that little situation up there and and filled it, you know, with our own issues, I guess you could say, our own needs. But Christ is, you know, all in all. Um, In terms of having a level of expectancy for things, really, which is hope, does that factor into having rest at all, or is that not related to, to rest and gaining rest, a type of rest?
0: I think it does to some degree. When I um, one of the the big things found, I've I've um, heard from people as they're you know emailing or writing about their experiences with sacred rest is that a a lot of people who had gotten kind of to the end of themselves not necessarily ready to commit suicide or anything like that, but it really had given up hope on life being Mm -hmm. uh, feeling good, given up hope on, you know, ever getting to that point where they were satisfied with their life or with their career um, or with their family life. Uh, So many people have told me that as they've learned the principles of of rest, um, you know, they've taken the rest quiz, and discovered which of the seven types of rest they were actually deficient in, and then honed in on just those main ones that they've been able to see that it really wasn't that life was so bad. It's just that they felt so bad living it. They they Mm -hmm. weren't in a restful state. So they were Mm -hmm. constantly under stress. And no one Mm -hmm. can be constantly under stress without getting hopeless. So once the stress started to release in these different areas, then hope came back and their level of expectancy came back because then they were able to see that, you know, it doesn't have to be like this.
1: This is great. Folks, if you have not been paying attention, I am interviewing Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, MD, and she is enlightening us like no other on sacred rest. What is your website,
0: Dr. Dalton-Smith,
1: that people can go to and begin to learn more about you?
0: My main website is uh, IChooseMyBestLife.com, but I highly recommend anyone who's struggling with rest or even just curious about which of the seven types of rest they may be deficient in to visit um, my free assessment at RestQuiz.com.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I want to encourage folks, especially as we're starting to go into the holiday season, it's a great time to begin to reflect quickly before (laughs) you know, the mayhem starts, and also identifying where you need to kind of go, how to guard yourself a little bit more during the holiday, and also how to plot out a nice course for the next year. We're thinking of goals and the more we can add to our plate, and maybe some places we need to be thinking of how and where, you know, what aspects of my life do I need to rest in, and where does the activity need to be, you know, so to speak, kind of looking at the seven types of rest and, and taking this quiz and then planning your goals and visions and objectives for next year. So how does that sound, Dr. Smith?
0: Absolutely. I think it's vital, really, to have a plan on how you're going to attack the year, particularly if you already feel burned out. You know, if you're already in that Mm -hmm. state, you you want to have a plan so that you you don't move forward in a hopelessness, but you move forward with hope and expectancy. Now, you're going out, speaking
1: of hope and expectancy, to share and appear on Daystar and with Maryland Hickey Ministries. Tell us more about that. We don't want to miss out on these things. We want to hear more from you. Share a little bit about that, if you would, please.
0: Yes, I'm at. I'm actually in Denver right now. Um, as I speak to you, I perform the Maryland Hickey show tomorrow. I don't know what the air dates are, but I'll be sure to add it on my uh, Facebook page and and social media sites. And then Daystar, I go there in the first part of December to record uh-huh. uh, three shows for them. So I'm looking forward to it. Is that the Johnny Johnny Talk? Yes, yeah, Johnny uh, Talk. Johnny Talk, there, okay. Johnny Talk, and then there is a In the Green Room, um, small clip thing that they do. And then um, the third one is escaping me, right? The second, but there is a third one. Um, the Marcus and Joni um, show, the live one that they do. So those three are that I'm recording.
1: Well, we're going to have to add you to the Roberta
0: TV So I actually
1: produced a TV show out of Washington that I'm going to reach uh, about thriving in business today. And I would love to have you on um, for an episode to talk, or a couple of episodes probably to talk about this. This is wonderful. Um, <clears throat> it's just, just absolutely excellent that the word is getting out there. Now, you mentioned your social media sites. What are your handles, and how do people reach out to you to communicate with you for speaking or just through social media? What are your preferred ways to be contacted?
0: Um, Well, for speaking, there's a contact uh, section on my website at IChooseMyBestLife.com, as well as my speaking topics. So that's probably the easiest way to reach me for any kind of corporate or faith-based events. And then the mm-hmm. social media sites, all of them are at um, Dr. Dalton Smith, so D-R-D-A-L-T-O-N Smith. And that's Twitter, um, Instagram, all of them have the same social media handle. And then Facebook is just Dr. Sondra Dalton Smith. It's When you type it in, it pops up automatically. That's wonderful. And I'll be sharing to folks on my sites as
1: I get information on her appearances on Daystar and Marilyn Hickey, who's just, like said, one of my I consider her a mentor. She really helped lay, you know, foundational teachings for me back in the day, and she's a blessing. So I'm just so pleased for you. You will be enriched.
0: I'm excited to meet her. I, you will be I, enriched. I,
1: I met you. her in person. Grown up with her. Yeah, I, I met her. She actually, in her ministry, she never, you know, would never notice this but I don't know how, what the proper word is, but as a result of her ministry, it was a life-changing situation for me. It literally changed my the course of my life.
0: Oh, how so, wonderful. I have to share that uh-huh.
1: with her. Yeah, one day I'll tell her the story. She's prophetic, and she hit it on the head, and within a, a week, things just wow. turned completely. Yep, 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 yep. It was a painful process at first, but. In the end, here I am, I thank God, and I learned so much from her teachings, but anyway, um, I am so pleased that you could be with us, and I want to I will be praying God's blessings on you and asking the audience to pray for you as you are traveling and being and pray for your family your your sons and your husband and yeah thank you, you know uh-huh, that God will just be all around you and let this book Really go forth. Let it just really go forth because this is a message that the church needs to hear. It's, you know, performance and playtime is just kind of over. You know, the drama, the stage, the we want to be big celebrities, we want to do this, we want to be seen, we want to, because, again, if you don't get down to the core, right down to the heart of the matter and go back, if you will, almost like, you know, to the Genesis experience. So many days of this, and then there's some rest. We won't hear God and we won't do Is we, you know, we get off track and we start doing our own way and our own thing. And then we're wondering, we're upset. Well, Lord, you didn't. Well, God, why? Well, what? No. <laughs> it's like, well, actually, you didn't really listen to what I was saying, you know, because you were too busy coming up with the next action plan and doing this and doing that. So. <laughs> Anyway, I just want to say thank you and I definitely want to have you back and find you know, have some other venues that we'll have you have you on. So thank you so much. God bless you. And if you'll just hold tight for just one minute.